Hi, Pastor John here. Welcome to my office. We are doing this Facebook online live Bible study on hope. Uh, just a couple things before we get started. I am the pastor at Journey of Life Lutheran Church in Orlando, Florida. Our website is www.journeyoflife.org. There's a lot of stuff on there. I also have a personal website, which is johnrollison.com. Wouldn't you know it? So we are here to talk about hope. And I hope I can find my glass of water, which I can't. That's okay. Uh, but let's get started. So uh, we are going to talk about hope. Uh, and we want to talk about hope in a way that is going to make a real difference for people in their lives. So uh, I'm going to switch over here to uh, our slides. And uh, this is what we do here on these uh, Facebook Live videos. I'm going to tell you right now, I am experimenting between doing Facebook Live, uh, pre-recording these uh, video Bible studies, and uh, I also am experimenting with the idea of making them as available as podcasts as well. Uh, because uh, I, I just think all those different media are very valuable. I myself listen to a lot of podcasts, and I think for a lot of people, uh, they don't have time to sit down and watch a video, but the podcast they can catch in the car or when they work out, or going for a walk, or whatever. That's what I do. So um, I'm going to uh, be talking with an awareness that some people will only be listening to this, which means I'm going to have to read you the, the contents of each of the screen screens as they come up. And I think that'll be okay, actually. I think that'll work out well for a online uh, video Bible study anyway. So uh, I call these Dig Deeper because I just like to dig deeper into... Uh, whatever's going on. And uh, often it's the topic of the sermon as it is last Sunday. We had our message on hope. And so today we're going to dig deeper into the idea of hope, what it is, where it comes from, how to find it and keep it in a way that uh, will not disappoint us or let us go. So moving right along, uh, this is the series we're in, and it's a series that's based on um, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 that basically there's three things in life, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. And so we're in this uh, sermon series based on that verse, faith, hope, and love. We added the word mission in there because we uh, believe that we should, that our life isn't about ourselves, that our life is about other people. And so uh, we're doing this sermon series on faith, hope, love, and mission. And uh, we did faith and we did hope. Uh, excuse me, we did faith. We're doing hope today. Next week, uh, I, we're going to do love and I'm going to announce the time. I'm going to, I think I'm going to shoot for Thursday at 1215 again instead of Friday. I think that'd be uh, better for my schedule, but I will uh, announce it in plenty of time so that you can get that. And then we'll do the idea of mission. So... Now, uh, we're beginning with this verse right here. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 5, and it is, hope does not disappoint us. And uh, the first thing, when I read that, um, I will tell you that when I read that, Romans 5, verse 5, hope does not disappoint us, I think, well, that uh, doesn't always describe my life. <laughs> Sometimes hope does disappoint me, right? I don't know if you've ever hoped for something and been disappointed, but I certainly have. And uh, so what I want to do, I, I think that, uh, well, I think the Bible is true. I think sometimes we have to push on it and squeeze it and, 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 and we have to chew on it for a while and let it talk about itself and what it means uh, before we really get to what's going on there. And when the Bible talks about hope, it's talking about a certain kind of hope, a certain way of being hopeful. Uh, it's not talking about every hope that we've ever had. All of us have had these sort of pipe dream kind of hopes. I don't know anybody. I'm 50, turned 50 this year. I don't know anybody who has reached uh, middle age like me and not had some some hopes that ended up disappointed. So uh, when the Bible tells us, asserts, hope does not disappoint us, we either have to A, decide that the Bible is not always right, which some people have decided, 
or B, decide that we're not understanding uh, or we need to press further on this verse to find out exactly what it's talking about. And I'm going with B. I'm going to go with B, uh, press on the verse and find out what it's talking about. So uh, here we go. We're going to continue on through the slideshow and find out what's going on. Uh, the first thing I want to do is differentiate between feeling hopeful and thinking hopeful. Feeling hopeful and thinking hopeful. Uh, and the reason I want to differentiate between those two is because, um, well, they're very different things, aren't they? Uh, there's a lot of times that we feel hopeless. We feel like we've kind of lost hope. Uh, and there, when we lose hope, we can still think hopeful thoughts. Uh, even if we uh, aren't feeling very hopeful. And so, but first what I want to do is, is um, just talk for a moment about our feelings, okay? Um, our feelings are uh, in our head, obviously. They are a biochemical uh, part of who we are. And... Um, so uh, I, if I'm stuttering for a moment, is because I'm trying to pull up a particular uh, a website for you, and uh, I am not getting the thing that I need to get ready. So the website that I wanted to show you is called nutritionfacts.org, and nutritionfacts.org uh, has. Um, Oh, hang on. Okay, I think I'm going to get it because I, I do. I do really want to show this to you. Um, oh, I know what's going on. I just figured out what's going on. Hey, how about that? That's the joy of live uh, broadcasts. Is you just sometimes figure out what's going on. Uh, so I figured out what's going on, and um, I'm going to have to fix this. I'm. I really apologize to you uh, for this. Here we go. Okay. So first of all, we're talking about the feeling of hopefulness, okay? And the feeling of hopefulness comes from all sorts of places. And it's a biochemical thing a lot of times. It, whether or not we feel hopeless or hopeful, things like depression come into that. And there's a lot of ways that, that uh, we can uh, deal with that that have to do with the very physicality of our bodies. And this is my go-to site right here. It's called nutritionfacts.org, and it is a website uh, run by, it's a non nonprofit website run by an MD named Dr. Michael Greger, who um, surveys all the uh, nutrition research every year. He reads every English language uh, research article on nutrition and health that way. Um, and then he publishes it in these little videos. These are, these are very short little videos, typically three to five minutes, sometimes six. But what I've done is I've done a couple searches for you. And I just want to show you this. We're, again, we're on nutritionfacts.org. Here's a little video on antioxidants and depression. Um, and, and he highlights some research that shows that antioxidant supplements don't seem to help with mood, but eating antioxidant-rich fruits and vegetables uh, may actually lower the risk for depression, right? Uh, which can be very overwhelming. And then an anti-inflammatory diet for depression. Here's, a, here's uh, some review of the research on exercise versus drugs and their, to the, for the treatment of depression. Uh, here's a, a review of some other research, plant-based diets for improved mood and productivity. And, and so on down the line. So that's a search on the word depression. I also searched on the word mood and uh, I got these. Some of them are the same, th same uh, studies. Uh, Plant-based diets, again, for improved mood and productivity. Here's another one that's very interesting. And I particularly, I think I have felt this sometimes. Uh, his, so, uh, so some work on can dehydration affect our mood? Again, this is nutritionfacts.org. Uh, no, there's no affiliate link or anything because it's not profit, right? Uh, and then plant-based diets for diabetes uh, and on down the line. 
uh, fighting the blues with greens. Uh, natural monoamine oxidase enzyme inhibitors in fruits and vegetables may help explain the improvement in mood associated with switching to a plant-based diet. So uh, I, I want to make these online things. I want to make sure there's additional valuable content for you. And so this is one I think is additional valuable content. Nutritionfacts.org. Very, very helpful website for, um, for the mood of uh, depression, the, the, of not feeling hopeful. And, and I, know, I know depression is more than that, but what the research shows is, is that, um, yes, depression is a, is a biochemical phenomenon that we encounter, but the things that we eat and, the, and the, the, what we choose to do affects those kind of things, right? So, um, so if you're feeling hopeless, I guess the first thing I want to say before we get into this Bible study is that I want to honor the, the biochemical nature of depression. And I want to say that um, some of the Bible verses that are going to speak very hopefully are, are not going to sort of feel true necessarily. And, uh, and if, you're, if you're taking an honest look uh, at... Um, if you're trying to be really authentic, you're going to have to look at those Bible verses and say, well, the Bible says it, but I don't feel that. And so part of that is that um, some people's brains don't produce enough serotonin and things like that. But there are things we can do. Uh, and lots of times the things we can do have to do as much with diet and exercise as they do with taking medicine. I'm not against taking medicine, but my personal preference is if I can address something with diet and exercise rather than medicine, that would way be my first choice because of the additional benefits of diet and exercise to things like your cardiovascular health and stuff like that, right? That you don't get. Uh, in fact, you get all these uh, crazy side effects from other things. So uh, not to say medicines aren't good and helpful in their place, but I always encourage people to... Uh, begin with diet and exercise to try to deal with things like this. Okay, so that's uh, that's just sort of honoring your body and the biochemical treatment, the biochemical nature of depression sometimes, and uh, and the idea that, that our, we feel a certain way. And uh, I've heard depression described uh, not as feeling bad, but an inability to feel good, uh, an inability to feel happiness. And I thought that was a pretty good definition, actually. But uh, just again, want to go check out nutritionfacts.org. So now we're going to move on to the Bible study portion of what we're talking about. And uh, we're going to move more toward uh, thinking hopeful. And of course, thoughts and feelings are intertwined. Uh, but we're going to move a little bit more toward thinking hopeful and then letting the Bible speak to our thoughts. Okay. Now, first of all, I do want to say I'm going to begin with this is uh, I, I did a survey I did a survey and asked people uh, what they do when they feel hopeless, uh, how they find hope and, or not uh, when they're feeling somewhat or even really hopeless. So I just want to give you a few of the different responses I got from people because maybe one of these will really kind of touch you in a way that will help you uh, grab onto and hold on to hope. So. Uh, one person said, I have a get through it attitude. I just see the situation through to resolution. And that's probably a, it says ants, but that's probably a typo. And reassure myself that it's only temporary. Better things are ahead. So the idea of telling yourself that whatever you're feeling at the moment is temporary, that can be good. But of course, sometimes it doesn't feel very temporary. And sometimes you've been struggling with it for a long time. And so trying to convince yourself that it's temporary doesn't ring true, right? Another person said, when I can't seem to find a way to solve that feeling, I sort of try not to control it. And I tell myself, this is where I'm supposed to be and find the thing that is supposed to make me smarter or more positive about it. It seems when I look back on the worst times, I have learned my most important or basic life lessons. Now, there is a truism right there, too, that we need to uh, keep in mind and consider is that when uh, that our, the points of pain in our lives are often the points of learning, right? I mean, most of us have a great time sitting out by a fire with our loved ones, roasting hot dogs or whatever, um, having a glass of wine or whatever. But that's not where we're learning things. It's the it's the points of pain and struggle 
where we learn things. And so if if that feeling of hopelessness is kind of overcoming you, it might be that there it, this is a place for you to learn something. And maybe this Bible study will help you learn something today uh, as you go through uh, this with me. And, and maybe soon you'll be able to look back at, at a time of hopelessness and say, well, actually, that's what drove me to kind of learn more about life or myself or whatever. So someone else said, praying and talking things over with not only wife, my wife, but my friends, talking about people when you feel hopeless, with just not talking about people, talking with people when you feel hopeless, uh, that can really be a good thing. Seeing love makes me feel hopeful. I, you know, I'll tell you what, that is something true. When I'm on the on Facebook and I see uh, a video that shows uh, people who are loving other people in all sorts of different ways, taking risks to be kind to strangers, uh, protecting people who are being abused, all this stuff. I look out there and it gives me hope. I mean, because sometimes I don't, I look at the world and I don't feel all that hopeful sometimes, but seeing love in action makes me hopeful. So that's a really good comment. I got a lot of wisdom out of this survey. By the way, there is another survey up on uh, journeyoflife.org. Uh, it's on the Journey of Life Facebook site, which is facebook.com slash Orlando. That is facebook.com slash Orlando. Uh, and that will uh, that survey is about um, what have you what's one thing you've learned about love, and that's preparing for the sermon this Sunday. So if you get a chance to pop over there and do that, that would be great. Another person answered, "When they feel hope, I cry when I feel hopeless, and I feel sad for a little while, but I think to myself while I feel hopeless, I rack my brain for answers and how to change the situation. I get an idea." And I take steps to improve what I feel hopeless about. Well, and that can be true in a lot of ways. Um, there are times when uh, people are struggling with hopelessness about a situation that's not going to change. I uh, visited a man in a, um, in a nursing home in St. Louis who had lost both of his legs. And, uh, you know, he wasn't going to... That's not wasn't going to change. He wasn't going to grow new legs. But he did actually find a way to feel hopeful, and and his hope was in uh, in the resurrection in Jesus Christ. Uh, that he believed uh, what Jesus said. That uh, it, well, at least in the Bible, in in the New Testament, when Paul was writing about everybody's going to get new bodies and everything, uh, and so he was believing that. And even though he wasn't going to get out of that wheelchair for the rest of his earthly life. He believed in that resurrection of the dead where there's no more sorrow, sickness, suffering, pain, or death. And that allowed him, that empowered him, it gave him, gave him the sort of mental framework to, to, um, to, to, to have hope in his, with his own life and even to speak hopeful words into the lives of those around him. Someone else said, I, when they feel hopeless, I seek, the count, seek out counsel of a Christian I can trust. I pray and I remind myself that God cares about me and he has a plan. So there's uh, another person for whom uh, hope grows out of faith. And I think you're going to find that a recurring theme. And that's actually where we're going to go with uh, the Bible study when we get there too, is the idea that hope grows out of faith. Another person said when they feel hopeless, what gives me hope is believing that God will provide. It also gives me peace knowing that life is going to happen and God loves me, so I'm going to be okay, regardless of the hardships I endure. So again, it's God and God's love, uh, which is on display, which God has made known to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So uh, next, I feel hopeless when I do not have control. I have to stop, pray, and listen to hear Jesus reminding me that I'm never in control. I go to a favorite song or a Bible verse and just take deep breaths while Jesus brings me peace through release. And then she quotes a hymn, this person. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Beautiful old hymn. So for her, uh, she has to stop uh, when she, she feels hopeless, when she feels like a situation is not in her control. And then what she, the conclusion she is reminded of 
is that control is an illusion anyways, that we only operate under the illusion control. We have influence in our lives, to be sure. And when we don't take the opportunity to influence our lives, to make decisions about our lives, for instance, the decision to eat right and get exercise, uh, we can feel hopeless when we're unwilling to make those decisions, but we can also feel hopeless with when, when there's events that are outside of our control and we feel like we should uh, control them in some way. And so she reminds herself that she's not really in control of her life anyways, beyond the things that she has decisions about. Another person said, personally, I attribute those feelings of hopelessness to the devil tempting, accusing, or condemning me. And I turn to God's word through personal prayer and the divine service for help, I cannot speak highly enough about the efficacy of praying the Lord's Prayer slowly with elaboration of each part as a way to deal with the arrows of the accuser. So this person, uh, the divine service is the divine, is, the, is the, um, the basic liturgical service that's been handed down for probably 1500 years, uh, celebrated by uh, Catholics, uh, the Orthodox Church, Lutherans, um, um, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, they all have the same basic format of service because we have our, of course, we have our, our theological differences and stuff, but we all have the same basic format of service for the services that celebrate in this liturgical format. So this person uh, kind of moves into that divine liturgy and they also um, use the words of Christ in the Lord's Prayer, speaking it very slowly. This is a this is an interesting point, is is instead of using the Lord's Prayer like a talisman or like a magic spell that you're gonna speak and feel better, this person uh speaks the words very slowly and thinks about them uh as they say them, like our Father. And then you just stop and you think about what that means that God is our Father. And then in heaven, the, the power and the, and the ultimate, de our ultimate destination, our Father in heaven. And then you move on through there. Uh, this is not on the survey, but I'll tell you another thing that is great for feelings of hopelessness is Psalm 23. There is a reason that Psalm has been the favorite Psalm for centuries, is speaking that song slowly and carefully and deliberately uh, can really be a lifter of hope. In fact, uh, on Journey of Life's YouTube channel, uh, we have a video of Psalm 23 that you can watch. And I guess uh, I, I don't have the address. I think it's youtube.com slash J-O-L Orlando. Uh, let me just see here. Since this is live, I can just pop right over there, can I? How about that? Um, I am now uh, going over to uh, Journey of Life's YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash J-O-L church. And if you search on for Psalm 23, uh, you will find this video that we have. Um, Psalm 23. Uh, Journey of Life. Okay. Uh, there it is. Okay. So if you just go to YouTube and search on Psalm 23, let me let me bring this up on the screen for those of you who are watching. Uh, here we go. So there it is. If you just go to uh, YouTube and search on Psalm 23, Journey of Life, the first video that is not an ad is this one right here. And this is a reflective video of uh, Psalm 23 that uh, we worked up for Lent a couple of years ago, three years ago now, I guess. And, you know, uh, if you're not feeling that great, you might consider just watching this video. And it's got some soft music and and different things to help you uh, maybe maybe um, move up out of the, the darkness of hopelessness back into a place of greater hope. So back to uh, our survey. Here's someone else who says when they feel hopeless, I remember my baptism. I light the candle and look at the pictures and then I sing God's own child, I'll gladly say it. 
Sometimes I've sung it with tears streaming down, but it always helps me to remember that I'm redeemed by the Holy One of God. So a couple things in this in particular I would point out to you. Uh, this person is also of sort of a, a, a liturgical bent, and so this is kind of an old, this is a hymn, this is a Lutheran hymn. You could probably find it somewhere. And if that's the kind of music you like to sing, that can be very good. Uh, remembering your baptism, one of the gifts of baptism is uh uh, the scriptures talk about baptism as being adopted into the family of God. And so if you're a person who's been baptized and you're feeling hopeless, one of the things you can remember is that even though you feel alone, you are not because you are part of the family of God. God has made you his own child and all Christians everywhere are your brothers and sisters. And uh, so you are not alone. And God has promised to take his children home to be with him forever, where there's no more sorrow, sickness, suffering, pain, or death. So uh, remembering your baptism can be a really good thing. Yeah. Someone else says, I find it comforting to know that many people in the Bible also struggled with life and yet God loved them. The Psalms, Job and Jonah all show me we aren't perfect. They went through real troubles, some self-inflicted, some not, and yet God was merciful and they praised him through it. That's a great thing. See, one of the fantastic things about the Bible is it's uh, when you get past a few verses that everybody loves to quote, it's a very realistic book, uh, and it normalizes the human struggle with life. One of the Bible uh, books that this person missed is Ecclesiastes, which talks about how life just seems meaningless. There's a lot of uh, things that people go after that turn out to be meaningless. And so it is comforting. I completely agree with this person. It's so comforting to, to read through the scriptures and find these people that were servants of God that, 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 um, that normalize the, the sometimes hopeless feelings uh, that go with life. This person says, I don't like hope. It makes you stuck. And I'll tell you uh, what they are talking about. Uh, at least I think what they're talking about. Uh, sometimes people are in a situation and instead of doing something to change the situation, they just hope the situation will change. And when that's the case, uh, I agree with them. If, if you want to just be, if, you, if your idea of hope is to sit in hope and not take action, and I don't mean waiting for the right time or whatever. What I mean is just thinking that, thinking hopeful thoughts is all you need to do. Uh, hope will, in fact, make you stuck. And so that's really a, an excellent comment from that perspective. Pray the Psalms. I think that harkens back to that other one about, um, about how uh, the Psalms and, and many other Bible passages sort of normalize the human struggle. And, but if you read the Psalms, they, they definitely go down into the depths of despair. But as you... As you uh, as you read through them, they lift you up out of the other side, too. This person also, Psalms, Job, Job, excuse me, uh, Lamentation. How about that? Lamentations. There's a book of the Bible that's about sadness so much, it's even called Lament, Lamentations. Uh, they've helped me get my feelings out in the open, which is a great thing. So often people of faith think that faith is hiding their emotions, hiding the way they feel. And nothing could be further from the truth. Faith is having the trust in God's love to let it out and say, yeah, I feel hopeless right now. I feel down, whatever, you know, I just don't see any light in my life, maybe. Uh, this person says, Luther's explanation to the third article reminds me that the burden isn't mine to bear. A good law gospel sermon followed by the body and blood of Christ, uh, the Holy Communion also helps. True enough. True enough, uh, going through a worship service that, uh, that is authentic and, and uh, honors the human experience and then leads us toward the experience of Holy Communion uh, where, where God touches uh, us with the body and blood of Christ in a mysterious but true way uh, can definitely touch the soul. I am almost to the end of my survey uh, things and then we're going to do some of the Bible work also. When I start to feel hopeless, I just have to remind myself or have a trusted friend remind me of the promises of God. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
So, and then here the person gives some practical advice. So I spent some time to memorize my top 25 promises from scripture, and they are a great hope. Let me encourage you to memorize some Bible passages that are meaningful to you and give hope because uh, it can be a great uh, lifter of your spirit, even to speak those. And, and let me just say this too about memorizing Bible passages. There are times when you can just think about them, but there is a different uh, sort of thing that happens when you speak them. Uh, so, for instance, I can just sort of remember that nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, or I can say it out loud and just repeat to myself, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what happens is, if you just keep it in your brain, you can, your brain has a way of keeping part of, part of that in your brain and then keeping all your doubts and stuff also in your brain too. And you kind of like what happens is you 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 only weight that a little bit kind of in your brain in terms of what's going on but when you take the the time to speak it out loud you have sent it into a different brain the part of your brain that generates speech and you've you've made it concrete because you made it words vibrations in the air not just thoughts and those vibrations in the air have the sound has gone around and gone back in your ears so it hits yet another part of your brain the part of your brain responsible for hearing and decoding speech so so there is real power in saying something out loud or writing it down as opposed to just thinking it so there's encouragement from this slide is to memorize some scripture and make a habit of speaking it out loud or writing it down to yourself oh my goodness that's kind of small type isn't it I'm going to read it to you. Here we go. Several things are on my list. Did I remember to take my meds? This is no joke. There's an internal chemistry to the subjective feeling of hopelessness. If I suffer from a mood disorder like anxiety, depression, bipolar, etc., and I'm not taking my meds, hopelessness can kick in. So, did I remember my meds? Number one. And again, also we talked about those other things you can do. Uh, number two, am I separating the objective from the subjective? And it, this is the thinking versus the feeling kind of thing. It's a little bit different, but it's kind of the, the same uh, area of the way to look at the idea of hopelessness. Uh, that is, am I separating the reality of what Jesus did for me on the cross from what I feel? How I feel has no bearing on what Jesus did, other than perhaps how I feel about what Jesus did. So am I, have, I, have I taken the time to realize that I have a feeling, but the feeling isn't necessarily reality? That's a good one. Number three, finally, how realistic versus idealistic am I being with respect to my expectations? Hopes can easily regress into expectations of others and myself. So how realistic am I being? There's things that I hope. And I'll tell you this, if you hope that other people will change, uh, that's not really a good hope. I'm not saying uh, if you love them, you, you are hopeful toward them changing, of course, if they have something in which they need to grow. But if you are uh, basing your own personal sense of hopefulness on whether or not that change is actually occurring, then you have handed your hopefulness, your faith, your joy, and all that stuff off to somebody else. Uh, and in fact, somebody who has a, an area of growth so uh, strong, strongly imprinted on your brain that you have been thinking your hopeful thoughts about them. So we don't want to pin our hope on change in ourselves or others, because the, hope, the Christian hope is the hope of Christ. Uh, okay, after here's someone else who has had a long term mental illness. After 30 years with intractable mental illness, I find hope harder and harder to find. Sometimes reading Psalm 88 helps. Other times I just dig in and remember that eventually this life will end and I will be free of this world and be safely with him. And I'm telling you, uh, let me just say that uh, we live in the United States of America, which is a very hopeful place. The city shining on a hill and all that kind of stuff. But the, the hope that Christ brings, of course, speaks into hopeful kind of environments like ours. But the core hope that Christ brings has to speak hope even into people who are in prison. It has to speak hope into the lives of the early Christians who were in the cages below the Colosseum waiting to be thrown into the Colosseum with hungry lions or, uh, or gladiators who were going to make a spectacle of killing them. 
that's the hope that it has to speak. And, and so in a sense, there, there is a real way in which some of the things that we have to deal with is in this life uh, for a long period of time or a short period of time, depending on how long your life lasts, are things we have to deal with. And in the end, our hopes are set on Christ. Another respondent says, first, I try to remember there are always those who are in more terrible circumstances than me. Yeah, I'm not sure that's so great. Uh, you're comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the greatest way to find hope. However, it's true enough for most of us. Then I remind myself that the way I feel and what I know to be true are sometimes two different things. Okay, so here we go again with the um, the difference between uh feeling hopeful and uh, and what we know to be reality. I may feel like God is punishing me or doesn't care about me, but what I know from God's word is that he loves me unconditionally. And that's actually a really good point. And I've known people who've struggled with that. The idea that they feel like God might be punishing them in some way. Uh, but that's not what we see in God. What we know from God's word, and we're reading again now, is that he loves me unconditionally. He didn't intend that we live in this painful world. Sin got in the way. Sometimes about all I have for comfort is my hope for heaven. Though I'm not inclined to do anything to get myself there any sooner than God plans. And that's a reference, of course, to suicide, which is not the solution. Um, this one has tiny print. Sorry for those of you who are watching this on screen. Great answers above. I just wanted to add one thing. When I was younger, I remember hearing stories of soldiers and POWs who would recite a creed or verses or hymns to keep their minds sane and focused and how important it was to have God's word memorized and not just available, especially in their hopeless positions. When my friend's son was preparing to go through Navy SEAL training, he read books on the saints. They went through all sorts of trials and it really helped him to mentally prepare he was also able to take his Bible with him, and he started each day with a different verse that he focused on and repeated in his mind to keep him focused and keep him going. Each night he chose his verse for the next day. This was recommended to him by former seals and rangers that he was training with so that he didn't become hopeless. How about that? Bible verses that provide hope even give the uh for seals and rangers to make it through that grueling training. That's a pretty strong endorsement right there uh, for the power of uh, Bible verses, of, of pieces of scripture to bring that hope. So uh, now we're going to spend a few minutes with the Bible and we're going to try and get done in another 15 minutes, I think, is about how long it's going to take. We'll see. There was so much great wisdom in those surveys that we may not have that much more to cover. But here we go. What does hope deal with? Uh, hope is... Hope is, well, first of all, we, this, so this is a couple of things. Hope is not about what's sitting in front of us. Hope is about what is not known. Hope is about the things that we don't know. That's what the Bible says. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Now, hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? So hope, is, hope in the Bible sense is more about what is unseen, is about what is unseen than what's sitting right in front of us. Hope, uh, the Bible also says, is tied to faith. And that's one of the things I think we saw in a lot of those responses, is that it is the, their faith, the way they look at the whole world, because of the way they look at God, because of what God has done for them in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's where hope is coming from for all these people. Hebrews 1, 11 verse 1 says, now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So what we see is that faith is the foundation for hope in the Christian life. Hope grows out of faith. Faith is that basic belief about everything that's grounded in uh, the creator who revealed himself to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so when we look at Jesus Christ and we say that's the way the universe is intended to be, and that's what it's going to be restored to. And that's what God has begun in Jesus Christ. And then even raised him from the dead to show his power to make that happen in the end. The choice of being hopeful is the most natural outgrowth 
of that position of faith. It's in fact, it's almost it, it seems impossible to me to be holding on to that faith that God has revealed His true nature in the person and work of Jesus Christ, and be despairing. Kind of seems impossible. And again, I want to separate that feeling of hope that it can have a strong biochemical component to the the thought and attitude of hope that grows out of faith. So, uh, Christian hope is the natural outgrowth of trust in God. Hope is choosing. A, this is what I'm going to. Um, this is what I'm going to. This is my operating definition of hope. Hope is choosing a positive orientation toward the present and future based in faith that changes our attitudes and actions. And that's what we're going to do. So first, hope is choosing a positive orientation. First Peter 1 verse 13, Peter writes this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there we have that, that it's choosing a positive orientation. We're not always going to feel hopeful, but we can choose a hopeful orientation. You could say, I feel like crap. I feel like I'm in the pit of despair. And yet in my mind, I know what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And therefore, I'm going to choose a hopeful orientation uh, toward my life. Peter says, set your hope. That's a choice. That's what you decide to do. And again, it comes back to the revelation of God in Christ Jesus. So hope is choosing a positive orientation toward the present and the future. Uh, so sometimes the things that we need to feel hopeful or we feel hopeless about are things in the present. Sometimes they are things in the future. Paul writes to the Christians in Rome. He says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Notice he does not say all things are good. There's lots of tragedy, lots of horrible things in life that happen. Uh, and, and indeed, each one of us is broken. So we can't even, we certainly would never say that all the things we do are good either. But God is causing those things to work for good. In fact, even your feelings of hopelessness can work for good as they drive you into uh, the loving arms of God. Uh, so uh, as we talked about before, and so, so some of those uh, responses to the survey, the people talked about how uh, um, that it is the struggles that bring the growth, right? The struggles that bring the growth. So here Paul reminds us that we know all things are working for good. So it's a positive or hope is choosing a positive orientation, setting our minds on the hope that is in Christ toward the present and the future, knowing that for those who love God, all things work together for good, based in faith. It's based in our trust in God who has made himself known in Jesus Christ, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, For to this end we toil and strive, because we have set our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. There's a whole other... That verse brings up a lot of other stuff, but we want to stick with hope today. We want to stick with the idea of hope. Paul says that the hope, that his hope, the reason that he toils and strives is based in faith. It's based in the hope, the choice that he's made to set his hope on the living God who is the Savior of all people. So again, it is, uh, it is hope in God. That's sort of your whole worldview, which, uh, which is based in who you think God is, which is based in the person and work of Jesus Christ, which... Uh, it's that belief about the world that, that compels us almost to choose a hopeful attitude toward what's going on. That changes our attitudes and actions. The, when, when, we, uh, when, we con when we contemplate and meditate on and, and grasp 
maybe grasp anew or in a different way uh, the depth of God's love for us in Jesus Christ and in the idea that God is causing all things to work together for good and that we have set our hopes on him that does in fact change our attitudes and actions. It's very, I'm not sure faith and despair can live in the same room. I think when you, when you make the choice of faith, despair can't stand it. I think despair is darkness and the choice of faith is light. And when you choose faith, the light of faith, you drive out the darkness of despair. And that changes your attitudes, your actions. It changes the way you think, the way you talk to other people. Um, you, it, you choose hope and you start to speak words of hope and think thoughts of hope and even speak uh, and bring hope into the lives of others because hope brings these things that everybody wants called joy and peace. Paul wrote to the, to the Romans again. He said, may the God of hope, that's important right there. Let's just stop there. The God of hope. Uh, God is not the God of despair. He's not the God of punishment. He's not the God of, of uh, all the horrible things that people say. He's the God of hope. This is part of who God has revealed himself to be in the personal work of Jesus Christ. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing there's that coming out of faith, right? So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's so much in that Bible verse right there. Joy and peace in believing, the trust, the faith, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, then hope abounds in you. That's just really, really pretty awesome, that verse. Uh, a couple other verses here. Let's see. So hope uh, hope brings joy and peace. Hope also makes us bold. When we believe what we believe about the universe, about God through the personal work of Jesus Christ that, that builds hope into us, it changes what we do, what we say, how we treat other people. Paul tells the Corinthians, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. It's the hope that enables the bold behavior, the loving those who don't love you, the blessing those who curse you, the praying for your enemies and loving your enemies and turning the other cheek, all the things that Jesus talked about. Those are the hopeful responses to uh, things that uh, might otherwise cause us to lose hope and despair. Hope is ultimately based in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the that's kind of the foundational. If you're looking for the concrete foundation of hope, uh, the hope, of course, is this whole st structure and way we look at our lives and everything. But if you're looking for the concrete foundation of hope, hope is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, Paul talks about that. Remember, uh, when when the uh, New Testament was much of the New Testament was being written, people were being persecuted for their faith. They were being killed for their faith. And so Paul writes to the church in Corinth, if in Christ we have hope only for this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. Now notice he doesn't say that Christ doesn't give hope in this life. Christ certainly does give hope in this life. But the hope that that Christ gives is like a line that starts in this life and goes all the way through into eternity. Uh, so let me just uh, do this for you. Let's see how this works. I'm going to try something here. Uh, so we got hope, right? Uh, this is what we're looking at, is the idea of hope. And hope starts with faith. This is your life. And hope starts with faith. Okay? And that hope that comes out of faith continues in your life. And then we're going to draw this and hopefully you will know what this is when I'm done drawing it. Otherwise, I don't draw well enough to draw on a Bible study. I'm hoping to have a pen tablet next week. Uh, so at some point, you're going to die and hopefully rest in peace. And then you go on into eternity. I don't know what should we make for eternity. Let's make a sun. This will be this will be eternity right there. The happy sun of heavenly life. So here, but here's what happens. Here's how faith works to bring hope is that 
faith, you trust in what God is doing through the personal work of Jesus Christ to bring you to this place. Because Paul talks about if in Christ we only have hope in this place and then there's nothing here, we are uh, to be pitied more than all other people. Uh, so we're going to take that off. So what, but what happens is knowing that this is coming for us, what happens is knowing that that is coming for us, what that does is it changes the way we look at all of this. If you're in the wilderness hiking and you have no idea when your next meal is coming and you may die out there and there may be nothing, well, that would be your hope ending at death. If you're out hiking in the wilderness and you're not sure when the hike is going to end because you're not sure quite how long you have left, but you know that you're going to get there before the sun goes down because you timed it out right, and you know that somebody has gone ahead of you and started a campfire and begun to cook dinner for you, that is what gives you hope along the way because you know that dinner's coming. You don't know exactly when you're going to get it, but it changes the whole nature of the hike because now you're not worried. You know that this is coming. And so during this time, you can be a spreader of joy and peace to other people. You can uh, stop and smell the flowers and whatever because you know what is coming. So hope, if it's in Christ alone, uh, if, it's, if it's for this life alone, we are to be uh, pitied more than anybody. Why? It's because it's, it's our belief about this area here that drives our hope in this area here. Peter writes to the Christians, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefined and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. So Peter does the same thing uh, that Paul did. And again, he, uh, he, he, um, he centers our hope here in a way that changes our whole experience of life. So what happens then is this hope calls us to transformed lives. For the, this is Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope in the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in this verse here, you kind of have it all wrapped up, don't you? It's, it, we are uh, waiting for our blessed hope, the, the eternal life in Jesus Christ. But what that does, that grace, uh, because it appeared in Jesus Christ, that, that compels us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives because of our blessed hope. That is a meaty verse. And that is uh, where we're going to end this. That verse had enough meat for us, I think. I want to leave you with uh, some questions to think about as we're closing this off here. What is my ultimate hope? So uh, when you look for your deepest hope, when you go down to the, the, the uh, center of your being, what, what's the real hope? Uh, if it's anything other than your eternal life in Jesus Christ, you probably have a hope that is shakable.
If it's anything other than your hope in Jesus Christ, it's a hope that is shakable. And so I encourage you to think about uh, where your ultimate hope lies. We've read the Bible verses that tell us that our ultimate hope lies in Jesus and that that if uh, our hope is only in this life, if we're hoping just for things in this life, then that's uh, we should be pitied above all people. And then we read uh, Peter writing about the hope driving us to want to train and, and live godly lives because of the hope of our eternal life with God that he has uh, brought about through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So uh, question number two. What causes me to lose hope? And how does God bring hope back to me? What causes me to lose hope and how does God bring hope back to me? And again, this is, uh, this is something that uh, is worth uh, speaking aloud or even better, maybe this one. Uh, these questions are uh, good to journal about. Uh, and and I'm, I, when I say journal, I mean very loosely. There are people who are like avid journalers. They can go back, you know, for years in their notebooks and whatever. I, I do not, I've never mastered the discipline of journaling. Uh, so, but I have experienced the power of writing things down. And so what I suggest to you with these three, three questions what is my ultimate hope? What causes me to lose hope? And how does God bring hope back to me? And on what am I, on what do I set my hope? And you can think about on that third one, you can think about other things that you're hoping for as well. Uh, write them down. And then uh, I have experienced the power of writing things down. I, like, again, I said, I don't journal. I write them down. And then uh, uh, some, I usually just throw them away after that. So uh, that is... That's my suggestion for what you do. Uh, we are uh, have reached the end of our Bible study. It has taken us about an hour to get here, uh, almost an hour. And uh, that's all right, because the Bible is worth the time. And uh, again, my name is John Rallison, and I am the pastor of Journey of Life Lutheran Church in Orlando, Florida. Our website is journeyoflife.org. Uh, and... If you want to uh, help make sure these keep going, if this was helpful to you, uh, two things, actually two things. If this was helpful to you, I would ask that you please forward it uh, to a friend because your friend might need this same type of thing that you have gotten this help for. So I would just encourage you that uh, if this has been helpful for you to share it with your friends and encourage them to take a look at it. Uh, the second thing is if it was helpful for you and you feel so inclined, uh, you can also donate to our church. Uh, that helps to fund the ministry of reaching out with the hope of uh, what the universe is really like, uh, what God is like, which is good news because what God is really like is revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I know I say that fast, but I say it so often that you know what I'm saying. So if you're so inclined to help support our ministry, that would be great. And you can find uh, the, it's right below me actually on the slide, uh, but I don't think it's clickable. It's journeyoflife.org slash donate. And that's going to take you to an online donation page for a thing called the PayPal Giving Fund. And uh, the way that works is PayPal has this nonprofit uh, fund and you donate to them and then you, and it tell it's, you'll see it on the page. Uh, PayPal giving fund will send the donation to us. But what happens with that is normally uh, anybody who uses any sort of credit card or bank card online has to pay a fee. It's usually two to 3% plus like 30 cents for each transaction. So if you use the PayPal giving fund, uh, PayPal covers all the fees and a hundred percent of your uh, donation goes to the ministry of journey of life. So uh, that's the easiest way to do that online. Thank you for watching. I appreciate the privilege of being able to offer you a little bit of the teaching that I've gleaned over the years, and I hope it's really helpful for you. And if you have any uh, future topics you'd like online Bible studies to be done on, uh, you can certainly send them to me. I'd love to hear about them. My email address is john at journeyoflife.org, john at journeyoflife.org, or you can drop them into our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash J-O-L Orlando. Uh, you can drop a comment there and say, how about a 
online Bible study on this or that or whatever. Uh, there's going to be one coming up here soon. Somebody dropped a comment about wanting to uh, learn how to stay self-motivated every day. And so we're going to be doing a little work on that coming up soon. You can look for that. Uh, this Sunday's message is on love. And then next Sunday, next week's uh, online Bible study will also be on love. Uh, what else do we want to say? Oh, on February 12th, we're doing a, a sermon part of a series called Extreme Jesus, because Jesus said a few extreme things. And uh, this particular sermon on February 12th, in honor of Valentine's Day, is going to be called Religion Versus Love. Because Jesus said, if you're in the middle of your religious stuff, and you realize that somebody has something against you, you have a broken relationship, you should stop what you're doing in the religious stuff and go take care of the relationship stuff. So that's going to give us some interesting things to talk about, ways to grow in our life and have our life more reflect the way life was intended to be, which is a life full of faith, hope, and love. And thank you for watching. God bless you. Bye-bye.